Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I love this story about the Yankees reliever, Kenyon Middleton, who they got from the White Sox before last week's trade deadline. He basically started talking about the White Sox who moved a bunch of players at the deadline. He said they were plagued with a culture that had no rules. He said there were players falling asleep, relievers, in the bullpen during games. (laughs) I mean, this stuff is just awesome. The White Sox are horrible, as you know, under Pedro Grafal, who they replaced uh, Tony La Russa with after he allegedly resigned. (laughs) They got rid of him because he was falling asleep in the dugout. So Middleton said, we came in with no rules. I don't know how you police the culture if there are no rules or guidelines to follow because everyone's doing their own thing. Like, how do you say anything about it? Because there are no rules. You got rookies sleeping in the bullpen during the game. You have guys missing meetings. You have guys missing pitcher fielding practices, and there are no consequences for any of it. I mean, this stuff's beautiful. Now, multiple sources corroborated his story. (laughs) Multiple people said it's true. Uh, There's a report that a pitcher was seen sleeping during games as well as skipping the fielding practices. The White Sox said they had no comment about Middleton's remarks. (laughs) Middleton was traded to the Yankees last week for righty Juan Carella. One of five deals that included Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn leaving, Kendall Graveman leaving, Joe Kelly and Reynaldo Lopez leaving, and Jake Berger leaving. Berger went to Miami. It's just unbelievable. So he uh, spoke after pitching two innings on Sunday saying the culture by the Yankees is incredible. He said, quote, the second I found out I was traded, I shaved my face. I was ready to play by their rules because all I want to do is win. You know how to act here. You know not to be late. And you know there are consequences if you are late. Middleton said the problems in Chicago predated his arrival, as well as Griffalls. The team finished 500 last year under La Russa, which really, at the end of the day, wasn't that bad considering how bad they are this year. And he had health issues, whatever. Middleton said, when I got to spring training, I heard a lot of the same stuff was happening last year. It's happening again this year. So not sure how I could change it. They don't tell you not to miss field practice. They don't tell you not to miss meetings. 
And if it happens, it's just, okay, whatever. He said, I wouldn't say anything bad about the pitching staff. We went about our work the right way. I think the rest of the team struggled to do the right thing. He cited players leaving for the World Baseball Classic, like Lynn and Graveman. And that was during Grafal's first spring training. And he said, with those guys gone, the culture was bad. If you're trying to create culture, he said, you need your big dogs there. The guys who played in the WBC, they were our big dogs. And those are the guys I feel like they can police the things that are happening. There was no gelling of the team. We're supposed to find our identity in spring training so we can roll it out for the season. And, you know, if you don't find your identity, you're scuffling from day one. And then he was asked where the void exists with Chicago. He said, quote, leadership in general. I mean, they say Shaq rolls downhill. (laughs) I feel like some guys don't want to speak up when they should have. It's hard to police people when there are no rules. If guys are doing things that you think are wrong, who is it wrong to? You, them. It's anyone's judgment at that point. How about this? The guy returns to Chicago starting today for a three-game series against his former team. He's glad he's with the Yankees. He said, you hear about it before you come over here. Did I want to shave my beard off? Hell no. But I had to. I wanted to be part of the Yankees. There was no question there. He's going to get the business in Chicago tonight. The fans are going to turn on him if there are any fans in Chicago on the south side because he's a basically, to them, a narc. So the U.S. women went home from the World Cup and Megan Rapino uh, was one of three U.S. players to miss their penalties in the penalty kick phase in the shootout that ended with a 5-4 Sweden edge and Sweden advances. Asked what she was thinking when she stepped up to take her kick. Rapino said, I'm going to score back of the net always. And they asked what she thought after she missed. She said, quote, a sick joke. That's why I had a smile on my face. Like, you got to be Pharrell and kidding me. I'm going to miss the penalty. I honestly can't remember the last time I missed a penalty. Not in a game for a very long time. But that's the way it goes. I've definitely thought about that before. It's always a possibility when you step up there. But I thought I was going to make it. I thought everyone was going to make it. Her actual last missed penalty for club or country was in 2018. So before the World Cup, she announced she would retire at the end of the NWSL season, making this summer's tourney in Australia and New Zealand her final World Cup. She said, I feel so lucky and so grateful to play as long as I have and been on so many successful teams as I have. And to be part of a very special generation that has done so much on and off the field, it would be hard to feel disappointed in any type of way. Obviously, there's the immediate disappointment of being out of the tournament, but I'm okay. I'm ready in a lot of ways to be done, and I feel at peace with that. She said, I loved every bit of my career. I'll miss it to death, but it also feels like the right time, and that's okay. It's some dark humor. Me missed the penalty at the end of the game, she said, laughing. But the reality is this. And Julie Ertz also retired uh, after the World Cup. But the bottom line is when I was watching, and, and I don't know anything. I'm not Mr. Soccer, right? But I enjoy it. I like it. I like the World Cup. I like uh, the 
the Champions League. I like all that stuff, men's, women's. I don't care. But the reality is, is that when I watched her out there, she looked really old to me, like really old. Like, I mean, she looked like like some 40-year-old like lady uh, that was like not supposed to be out there. And I know how good she is. I know how good she was. I know how everybody thinks the world of her. That's fine. I'm not trying to be mean. But, like, I literally saw an old woman playing against very young girls in the World Cup. And she looked out of place to me. I don't care what anybody thinks. Ertz said, unfortunately, this is my last time in this crest, she said after the loss. She said the future is in absolutely great hands. You know, sometimes you learn the most from your failures, which sucks. But it's part of my career as well. And anyway, overall, you look at it, the U.S. team just wasn't that good. They didn't play good in really any game. I actually thought they played better in the game against Sweden than they had in any of the other games, Portugal, Netherlands, or Vietnam. I thought the Sweden game was their best effort, and they had all kinds of chances to win that game in regulation. And in uh, the PKs, they had chances to win it in PK and still didn't get it done. They don't deserve to move on. That's just all there is to it. As for baseball on Sunday, how about the Twins? Matt Walner hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to give the Twins the rain-delayed 5-3 win and a sweep of the slumping Diamondbacks. Christian Walker put the D-backs ahead 3-2 with a solo shot in the top of the ninth. But Max Kepler led off the bottom of the night by hitting his third homer in three games. Then Polanco walked and Walner hit a line drive off the right center scoreboard. And that was it. New Arizona closer Paul Seawald uh, was the guy that gave it up. He said, with us struggling and finally getting the chance to try and get this uh, losing streak over with and get called upon to do what I'm supposed to do and then fail miserably, it's very disappointing. The Twins handed the D-backs their sixth straight loss and opened a four-and-a-half game lead in the Central over the Guardians. Rocco Baldelli said, we pitched well, we pitched well situationally. And we made plays. We just kept doing everything we could to stay right there in the ballgame. Zach Gallon and Milk pitched seven strong, allowing two runs and three hits while striking out eight is normal work. Dallas Keuchel made his Twins debut. And bottom line is, uh, he's old and washed. But not yesterday. He gave up one run in five innings and gave up eight hits. He walked two. He didn't strike anybody out. He said he just wanted to start off on the right foot. I had some nerves that I didn't really expect, so getting that first out really, really helped. The D-backs have off tonight. They host the Dodgers in the desert Tuesday night. The Twins take on the Tigers in Detroit tonight. Pablo Lopez will go. He's 6-6 with a 4.01 ERA. The Dodgers keep winning. Freddie Freeman hit a three-run homer. Rosario and Betts also homered. Betts his 30th. And Fat Lance Lynn, he's 8-9, had an impressive second start for the Dodgers as they beat the Padres for the seventh time in nine meetings this season and kept them from reaching 500 for the first time since early May. Rich Hill lasted only three innings in his shortest start of the season. He got obtained by the Padres from the Bucks. 
The Dodgers led 6-0 before Hill got six outs in the game. Freeman said it's big. We knew we had to get there early because we knew shadows were coming, the kind of thing in these kind of games with weird start times. You got to score runs early because you know it's going to be hard to see it in the middle of the game. The Dodgers' lead over the Giants is four games in the West. Baltimore leads the AL East by three over Tampa. Twins by four and a half, as I said, over Cleveland in the Central. Texas by two and a half over Houston in the West. And the Braves lead is ten and a half over the Phillies. Brewers in the Central by one and a half over the Cubs. Dodgers by four, as I said, over the Giants in the West. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.